podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness. I'm your host, Jazzy Pickett, a tuba player, composer, certified personal trainer, writer, and podcaster based in Baltimore, Maryland. In this week's episode, I will be talking about becoming one with yourself through self-discovery and self-love. So it's been a time recently And to not get into detail, I've just been really struggling to maintain my self-love that I discovered um, in the past year, but I'm putting the work into it to try to get back to that. In the past year, I did put a lot of work into becoming the best version of me, and I thought I was done, but here we are. So uh, as I always say, have a growth mindset because you're never done growing. You're going to change constantly with every life experience, and then you're going to need to recalibrate. And you will experience setbacks to your progress, and that's okay. So what do I mean when I say self-discovery and self-love? They both go hand in hand, and they definitely impact one another. Self-discovery, in my opinion, is the process of truly comprehending yourself in each and every way, regardless of the presence of others. That means knowing yourself enough to know how a certain situation is going to make you feel, to know when it's time to take a break, and to know when you truly aren't yourself and you need to take a step back and try to figure out what's going on. Self-love, on the other hand, to quote my blog post, is the ability to accept who you are in the present moment, forgive yourself for your imperfections and treat your mind and body with the utmost respect. Self-love is being content with your own company and not relying on others to give you a sense of worth. Self-love is knowing that at the end of the day, you are the only person who you will spend every minute of every day with. Self-love is a feeling of genuine happiness for each of your accomplishments, no matter how small. Self-love is unconditionally supporting yourself with every thought and action. Because self-discovery is the journey that leads to a full level of self-love, even though you need to have a certain level of self-love to go on a self-discovery journey, I want to start with self-discovery. But before I begin getting into tips on how to get there and what it entails, I want to start talking about my journey. Given I struggle with depression and anxiety, I wasn't a very happy productive or healthy person prior to probably the end of 2020. For the longest time, I thought that it was because I was 300 pounds that I was unhappy and depressed and that I was not loving myself and I wasn't finding anybody because, you know, I'm 300 pounds and that's it. So, you know what I did? I lost the weight and yay. I'm 150 pounds and I'm still unhappy and depressed. (laughs) I don't know why I assumed 
that once I lost the weight, suddenly the depression would go away and everything would be great, but that's actually not how that works. You need to have a level of self-love with yourself at whatever size you are, because your appearance doesn't matter. And again, at the end of the day, the only person you come home to is yourself. I used to beat myself up over literally everything, like everything. For some reason, I put everything into my control. And if somebody said something wrong, that's because I did this, not because they had a bad day. Or if I had a bad day and I overate or something, then it was the end of the world and I was just terrible and nothing was gonna get better. And I thought like this for most of my life, probably the first 23 years of my life, and I'm only 24. And <laughs> now that I figured out who I am and I decided to take the time to get to know me for me and try to find ways to be happy throughout the day by myself, I'm definitely a better person for it. So once I lost the weight and I realized I was unhappy, I decided that I needed to do something in order to try to feel again. So I began to read self-help books and listening to a lot of supportive podcasts. I started doing yoga daily. I developed a better relationship with exercise. Exercise became a source of joy where I enjoyed exercising for exercising rather than exercising solely for losing a number of calories or whatever you else you would exercise for. And then I developed a routine to show that I cared for my body because I needed to wake up on time. I needed to make sure I got my three meals a day and I needed to go to bed at a decent time in order to be the most productive person I could be. I started working with a therapist using cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, in order to dismantle some of the thought patterns that I had developed. Shout out to Terry if you're listening. We had talked a lot about the different schemas that I have created. A schema is basically a thought that you instill in your head that nobody else is giving you except for yourself. And we worked on these schemas, recognizing them and trying to get rid of them. I also started processing my emotions a lot better. For some reason, when I got angry, anger always turned into a panic attack. It never resulted in crying. It never really resulted in yelling. I would just start hyperventilating and curl up into a ball in the corner and just have an anxiety attack. And it took me a while to figure out why that is, but it's because growing up, I was taught to kind of hide my emotions because as a black woman, you don't show your weakness. And after years of doing that, I realized that I internalized these negative emotions and allowed them to build up to a level where they needed to come out as an anxiety attack rather than a healthy way of discussing how I felt. 
And in the last year, I have decided to acknowledge my anger and all the difficult emotions I experience. And I haven't had nearly as many panic attacks as I used to have, which is definitely a win. And the final thing I did is I just spent a lot more time alone. Most of it was because there was a pandemic and I couldn't see anybody because pandemic. But a lot of it too was just becoming comfortable with my own company because I used to believe that every single weekend I had to be doing something with somebody or I wasn't good enough and that meant nobody liked me. Even though that's very far from the truth, that just means I know how to be comfortable with my own presence. But doing these things accomplished my journey of self-discovery. And now I can say that I'm at a level where I truly comprehend who I am and what I'm doing. And for the most part, I know myself enough to figure out how to navigate life properly. So that's my story. And for those of you who might not have thought of self-discovery before or started, here are some tips for the process of self-discovery. So these tips are not in particular order. For some reason, there's 11 of them. I know it's not an even number, but here we go. 11 tips for self-discovery. Tip number one. Take the time to get comfortable alone. This is so difficult in today's society because when you go out to a restaurant, you you don't see people sitting alone very often. Or if you do, maybe you just kind of think they're a little strange. At least I know I thought they were strange, so I assumed other people were thinking that I was strange. If you think people sitting alone at a restaurant are strange, let me know so I know if I'm not alone. But I was told that that's not actually a strange thing to do. So maybe go out by yourself to a restaurant and just get a table for one and truly spend the time sitting there. Don't use it as an opportunity to scroll your phone and use Facebook or Instagram. Truly unplug like you would in a relationship that you cared about. And then don't be afraid if you don't have a party to go to one weekend or a movie to watch with somebody. Just Take the time and use it as an area of self-growth where you can figure out what you're doing, how you're doing it, and just enjoying your company. What will you do alone? Maybe that's watching a show or picking up a book you haven't done, going on a walk, taking a run maybe, lifting weights, yoga. There are so many things you can do by yourself and it's time to get comfortable with doing them alone. Tip number two, regularly analyze your emotions. Emotions are difficult, especially for women because society tells women that we shouldn't have emotions, especially for black women. Black women are just, if you have an emotion, you're insane and you're gonna get like sucked into the insane asylum because that's how history was. But to digress, you need to be in charge of your emotions. You need to take the time to sit with yourself and realize, I'm feeling sad right now. What about the situation is making me sad? 
Because once you take the time to step back and figure out what is making you feel a certain way, then you know how you can either get over those feelings and fix the situation or how you can avoid that in the next circumstance. You can also just get over it faster because if you acknowledge that you're angry rather than trying to push off that you're angry and pretend that everything's okay, you're probably going to drive yourself insane because that's a lot of mental effort to try to convince yourself that nothing's happening. I think it's very important or very helpful per se to work with a therapist on this step because they will be able to guide you in these initial questions. Because I did not know how to ask about my emotions before I worked with a therapist. It was just kind of, okay, um, why am I crying? I guess I don't know. Okay, I'm still crying. Rather than, okay, what's going on right now? Why are you crying? Are you hurt? Are you sad? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? What's the circumstance that sparked this? How can we avoid this in the future? What do you think is something you can do to make yourself feel better right now? Tip number three, surround yourself with what you want to see. I mentioned I did this during my self-discovery journey. And while it wasn't with tangible people because I couldn't find tangible people at the time to do this, I was able to surround myself with supportive podcasts and books, um, self-help books, in order to figure out who I wanted to be as a person and how I was going to get there. It's important to see yourself in a sea of the inspiration because when you're stuck with people who are a level below you you're going to get stuck on that level if you're trying to get higher you need to take a step back and realize that maybe some people aren't serving you that way i knew for me it ended up being a lot of friendships because when i decided i was going to lose the weight Suddenly, people that I had bonds with because we would go to restaurants and order a ton of food or go out to drink, suddenly those bonds weren't there because we had nothing in common because I wasn't doing that. And rather than sit with them and try to make the situation better, I realized I need to surround myself with people who are doing what I want to do. I can't be surrounding myself with people who are trying to hold me back. Because in order to get to that next level, you need to feel some sort of level or some sort of, I'm just saying the word level a lot. Okay. Some sort of perception of achievement. I don't know. Um, you just want to find somebody who is going to encourage you to be where you want to be. And sometimes that's not going to be the people around you. You just don't want to be held back by anything. If you're friends with a bunch of pessimists and you're trying to get optimism together and you're excited about something and then they're sad for your success, they're not the person you want to be around. You want to find other people who are excited for what you do and are taking the time to do the same thing. 
because without this, it's just going to be difficult to truly get your foot out the door, to truly make the change in your life that you want to see. And it's hard to sever connections with people because maybe you have had this friend for a long time and you're realizing finally that this relationship isn't serving you and you have to figure out how to end it. It's not going to be easy. I mean, none of self-discovery is easy. All of this takes effort. But usually when it comes to other people, it's harder because you don't want to hurt anybody. So if you do have people in your life that you realize you need to have this conversation with about severing the tie because you want to move forward, then take a listen to episode 16, where I talk with Alice Mileman about navigating difficult conversations and communication in general. Both episodes 15 and 16 are good, but 16 in particular addresses this topic. Tip number four, forgive your imperfections or forgive yourself for imperfections. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And you cannot expect yourself to be perfect. If you do, then you have a problem because that means you think you're superhuman and that's like a personality disorder that you need to not have. You're gonna have bad days and it's inevitable that you're gonna have these setbacks. They're going to suck in the moment because that's just how things are. But you need to opt to forgive yourself rather than get hung up over things and beat yourself up over it. I know right now I've been struggling with my diet because I'm very stressed out. And it's been very difficult to not beat myself up over it because In the past, that's all I did because I would eat to soothe myself and then I would feel bad because I ate so much. And then I would be angry and then maybe I would revenge starve myself the next day, which is a terrible idea. Please don't do that to yourself. But it's important to get over these setbacks and to just keep going and accept Yeah, today wasn't a great day and I did do this thing, but tomorrow's another day and tomorrow's another day that I can change that. And then acknowledge that you're going to make mistakes along the way because you will. But these mistakes are very important for your growth because growth isn't linear. And next week, I'll be talking a whole episode on growth mindset for my special episode 20. But for now, just be be easy on yourself. It won't be easy, and you're doing your best. Tip number five, accept where you are right now. It's very easy to get hung up on where you aren't. Like, oh, I want to lose 100 pounds, but I've only lost 10. Man, I only lost 10. I want to be losing 100. It shouldn't be, I only lost 10. It should be, I already lost 10 pounds. That's a great thing I did. You need to accept where you are right now in order to get to where you want to be in the future. Because if you can't accept where you are in the moment, how do you think you're going to 
except where you are in a different moment. Because that means it's an internal issue. It's not because of a certain tangible thing you have. It's because of a relationship you don't have with yourself. It's the exact reason why I thought that when I lost the weight, I would suddenly not be a depressed person anymore. And that I would suddenly have friends and everything would be happy. That's not how life works. So accept where you are in the current moment and grow to love yourself where you are. Again, I will get to self-love in a little bit, but just know that you are where you are right now, and that's okay, because you'll be somewhere else later, but right now you're right, you're in the present, and you want to think in the present for the most part. It's very easy to get hung up on anxiety when you think about past and the future, But really, the only moment you're going through is the present. And why waste the present thinking about something you can't control either in the past or the future? Tip number six, embrace opportunities for growth. Hashtag growth mindset. Again, next week I will get into, I'll go into a deep dive on this. I'm very excited for this episode. I've been preparing it for the last three weeks. Also, I had uh, said a few episodes ago that I was going to batch record these podcast episodes so I wouldn't have to think about the podcast for a few weeks. And I just want to let you know that I did not do that. Today is November 10th, and it is 6 a.m. And this episode should come out tomorrow at November 11th. So as I usually do, I procrastinated. And it is what it is. I'm accepting where I am right now. Anyways... Embracing opportunities for growth. So next week's growth mindset episode, I'm going to definitely cover this. But for now, look for ways you can improve rather than being complacent with where you are at. Yes, it's important to accept with where you are, or it's important to accept where you are. But that doesn't mean you have to stay where you are. Those are two different things. You should be trying to get to the next level at all times because there's always room for improvement. Nobody's ever perfect. In order to do that, you need to embrace the opportunities for growth. And then you need to forgive yourself when you fall because you're going to fall if you're trying to run. So look for things that you can do to make yourself a better person. Tip number seven. Become comfortable alone. Oh, oh, that's why I had 11 tips. Okay, so this tip was so important, I had to duplicate it. So again, just be comfortable alone. Like I said in tip number one, it's very important. Okay, the real tip number seven, work with a therapist. Therapists are trained to know how to go through this work with you. Like that is literally their jobs. It's to make you a better person so that you don't need to rely on therapy in the future. And right now there's still some level of stigma on it, especially in the black community and for black men in particular. There's a stigma behind seeing a therapist and talking about your emotions. But there shouldn't be a stigma on it because everybody has emotions and everybody needs to work through those things.
in my work with a therapist, I have definitely seen myself change and grow. It's allowed me somebody to vent who's impartial that I won't accidentally offend with something because they have to be impartial. And then they're able to tailor my thoughts so I can go or get help along this journey. So I can figure out for myself, why am I thinking this way? What can I change about the way I'm thinking in order to change how I feel about this circumstance? Which is very difficult to do on your own if you don't have any guidance. So all of these things that I'm listing here, if you work with a therapist, it'll be a whole lot easier. Tip number eight, let go of past hurts and grudges. This is so difficult. Oh my gosh. If somebody hurt you back in like the sixth grade by doing something, like I, I still have some grudges from like the sixth grade. But again, it was like over 10 years ago and it doesn't really matter right now, but it's still just like, oh, that boy I like definitely did do that thing to me. But in order to move on into like, become an actual functioning human, you can't be holding on to every little past grudge that has come your way. It's okay to hold on to a grudge for maybe a year, maybe two years, if especially if it was something big. I'm never going to forget my friend who called me the N-word. That grudge is always going to be there, but I'm not letting it become something that is keeping me down. Because that's what often happens. People hold on to these past hurts and these past traumas and don't move forward. In order to move forward, you need to accept that the hurt happened. And you need to accept that somebody might have taken advantage of you. And yes, that's terrible. Nobody wants to be in that position. But you can't change the past. And doting on the past isn't going to help you move forward. So if it is in your capacity, forgive the person for what they may have done and for the circumstances that may have led them to do this thing that they did to you. And with this level of forgiveness, forgive yourself too for however you're beating yourself up over the circumstance, because it's natural to try to figure out what we did wrong in a situation. You were hurt, and that's okay. But just because you are hurt doesn't mean you need to stay down. That means you put on a Band-Aid, you get back up, and you keep trekking forward. So let go of your past hurts. Tip number nine, take responsibility for your shortcomings. Ooh, this one, oh my gosh. Especially in the pandemic when uh, the Black Lives Matter movement picked up, you see all these people who are like, oh, well, I wasn't intending to be racist, but I said this thing that was very, very blatantly racist. You have this happening a lot. And it's time for you to take responsibility for your shortcomings. So that means if somebody calls you out for something, maybe you misgendered somebody accidentally, instead of arguing with them about it, just say, oh my gosh, I am so sorry I did that and I shouldn't have done that. I'm, I'm so sorry for doing that. I won't do it again. That's it. 
That is literally it. Take responsibility for your actions. Don't make excuses. You did something. It offended somebody. Own up to it. That's it. Because if you're trying to constantly make excuses for yourself and allow yourself to get away with hurting people, then you're not going to be a good person in the end. You're going to be in denial about something or another. And then you also want to be striving to get rid of some of your imperfections, some of these things that might be a problem that you need to work on. Like if you're constantly getting angry because somebody doesn't respond to your text message, like, okay, it's fine, but why are you getting angry? What can you do about your anger? How can you channel that differently and make it not necessarily a problem anymore? So take responsibility for the things you do wrong in order to try to figure out how to get better. Again, growth mindset. And finally, and tips for self-discovery, tip number 10 is to find your purpose. Everyone is on this earth for a reason. Everyone. Because everybody is living their own life and they're not just here by chance. You need to figure out what your purpose is. Why are you getting out of bed every morning? What's your reason for doing that? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? At your funeral, what do you want people to remember you for? Determine why you're here and it will be able to guide you in figuring out who you are as a person and who you want to be and how to strive towards that goal. Without a sense of purpose, a lot of people find depression and hopelessness. When you have that sense of purpose, you have a reason to get out of bed every morning. You have a reason to get over that last hurdle, those past hurts that you are now letting go of. You're here for a reason and a part of self-discovery is to figure out what that reason is so you can do or live for that reason in everything you do. Okay, so let's get down to self-love. I'm just gonna go on a little talk about self-love. It's not necessarily like points. I guess they're kind of points. They're things to think about when it comes to self-love. So once you discovered yourself or while you're trying to discover yourself, it's very important to love yourself and to be comfortable with where you are. Because if you can't love yourself, how can you expect anybody else to do that for you? You are literally you. Nobody else is you. If you can't love yourself, how? How do you expect anybody else to love you? And that might sound a little harsh, but it's the truth. Because if you don't think that you yourself are worthy of love, then what are you expecting from other people? Because other people love themselves and other people are able to figure out how to get that within their lives 
And that means you should be able to do so too. If you're insecure that you need to seek outside validation in order to feel loved and accepted, that means you have something you need to work on. That doesn't mean that finding that outside validation is going to be okay because you're the only person you can count on. The person, maybe the one person who loves you when you don't love yourself, maybe they're busy one day. What are you gonna do? Now you don't have anybody who loves you and you're just stuck in this pit of despair and depression because you feel alone. So love yourself. I can't stress it enough. It's just very important. And I know for me, a long time, I was seeking love from external sources because I thought, I mean, I couldn't love myself when I was nearly 300 pounds. And I tried, I really did try, but it was very difficult. Even though I was able to love myself enough to try to change my body, I was still searching for love in all the wrong places and making mistakes and getting hurt and all these things when I could have just looked inside and have been done with it that way. And if this is something you struggle with, again, find a therapist or maybe talk to a family member or a trusted friend and just work through some of these things and try to figure out why can't I love myself? What can I change about what I'm doing in order to make this a thing? Because again, you are the only person you can count on at the end of the day. Next with self-love, your body is a temple and you better be treating it that way. That means you better be sleeping, you better be exercising, and you better be eating properly. I have episodes on each of these things individually. I don't remember which episode numbers they are at the top of my head, but if wherever you listen to this podcast episode, you scroll down to previous episodes, they will be there. They're on exercise, sleep, and nutrition specifically. But your body is your temple. And you need to keep it up. You need to keep it up. You can't let it fall to the wayside because if you're not in a good physical state, it's going to be very hard to do anything. So make sure you're getting your seven to nine hours of sleep. Make sure you're getting your 30 minutes of movement a day. Make sure you're eating your proper nutrients. You're not necessarily eating fried food for every meal. You're controlling your sugar. You're eating proper fruits and vegetables, getting all the nutrients you need, making sure you get enough sunlight, finding time to just sit with yourself. These are all acts of self-love. And it's so easy to forget that healthy lifestyle is a way of showing self-love. But it really is. It's a very important way of doing that. Another way to show self-love is to celebrate your successes. I did a whole episode on this in episode 17, but that just means to accept that you did something great and love yourself for it because you did something great today. Then, like I said, in self-discovery, you want to forgive yourself because 
if you love yourself and you don't forgive yourself, then it's, I mean, you're not really loving yourself if you can't forgive yourself. That's, I don't know, is that a level of self-hatred? It's kind of like hatred. It's something like hatred. So in order to love yourself, find a ways to forgive yourself for things you do wrong. This one's probably my favorite point about self-love, and that is to talk yourself and treat to yourself, talk to yourself and treat yourself like you would treat a child. This is so difficult. <laughs> the things you say in your head to yourself, you would never say to another human being, much less a child. I know if I screw up a passage when I'm practicing, I'll probably go on this rant about how I'm a terrible tuba player and I'm not going to make it to anything and I'll curse myself out and like, how was I so stupid to do this? Would you tell anybody that? Would you tell your child that? Why do you think it's okay to tell yourself that? Like, you're hurting yourself. So work on that self-talk and try to find positive self-talk, maybe growth mindset-based self-talk. Okay, that passage wasn't great this time, but next time it will be better because I know I can get there. That's definitely a different way to reframe this. And then again, treating yourself like you would treat a child, your child. You're not going to let them destroy their body by like eating all the candy or holding them up past their bedtime. You're going to try to make it so that they're in a good spot. So think of yourself like a child. I know one of my friends, Brandon Ige, Dr. Brandon Ige, Eastern at Michigan University uh, professor. I think he said that he keeps a baby photo of himself on the stand and he thinks of himself as a baby whenever he wants to beat himself up. That might be something that's beneficial for you because if you really struggle with this and just talking to yourself nicely, maybe seeing a picture of you as a kid might spark that differently. While you're loving yourself, just remember at the end of the day, you're the one who spends every moment of every day with yourself. So you need to be comfortable with who you are. You need to be comfortable alone. You need to be loving yourself. You need to be treating yourself with respect. You need to be acknowledging when you're doing good things and you need to forgive yourself. As I mentioned, I went through my own self-discovery, self-love journey over the past like year and a half. And that was like through a lot of podcasts and book reading. So I'm just going to list a few resources that I've been using, um, books I've been reading and then podcasts I listen to in order to help this in addition to my podcast. Here are some, well, first, here are some books that you can read. So. Brene Brown has three books that I have read that have each helped me called The Gifts of Imperfection, Rising Strong, and Braving the Wilderness. And these all talk about ways to, to really like discover yourself and love yourself where you are. And there's The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. At first, this kind of seems like, why would the five love languages be something that I need to know about myself if I'm a single person? I think The Five Love Languages is one of the best books I read because I understood 
why I felt certain ways after certain things. Like my love language ended up being quality time and suddenly all the time I spent with people made sense. And maybe if yours is words of affirmation, you understand that, oh, in order to mo motivate myself, I need to use words of affirmation, positive words, or seek out positive words in order to feel that sense of love. So this is just one book that helps you know yourself better. Then there's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And this is about the power of habit. I did so much reading on habit change. I could do, yeah, I should do an episode of habit change. Habit change is very, it's very interesting because basically your habit is your brain taking a break because it just does not want to think about everything. So once you get your habits in check and you make something a habit, then it will no longer be an effort. Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. This is another book on habit change. This one, this one was the first book I read of 2020. 2021, not 2020. And I would say definitely a really good book. Like I could have put it down. I was doing an audiobook and it allowed me to know myself better in so many different ways because I knew my tendency from the four tendencies, as I've mentioned in previous episodes. And I figured out that. I can only moderate certain foods or abstain, abstain from certain foods. There's like little things like that. You often get, you also get tips for how to avoid the common loopholes that you might be giving to yourself when you're trying to make these habits habit. But yeah, really good book, recommended to everybody. Then after reading better than before, there's The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And as I've mentioned The Four Tendencies before, I'm not going to get too much into it, but it's a framework that she does find your four tendency, find your tendency of the four tendencies by going to GretchenRubin.com slash quiz and taking the quiz there. Knowing your tendency will allow you to figure out how to motivate yourself better and how to get other people to motivate you and make yourself do different things. And the book, The Four Tendencies, goes really into depth about some tips and tricks you can use for your specific tendency and how to interact with other people of different tendencies. The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. This one is different than the others. It's more of a narrative where she just kind of talks about this happiness project she put together. But the idea of doing a happiness project is a really good idea. It's basically just determining a resolution a month and trying to make sure you live that resolution with everything you do a month. So maybe not as impactful as the other books, but like reading this book was not as impactful. But the idea of doing a happiness project, something I'm going to probably start 2022 with, is something that you should consider. And then finally on this list of books is The Power of Habit, another book about habit change. This one talks about really the power of habit. Like it goes through so many stories about how habit actually is impacted policy change and life and so many different things. And it was very informative to how I plan my habits. It helped me like figure out like, oh, you know, maybe I kind of was addicted to food when I was 300 pounds. And I actually might still have that same addiction just because I lost the weight doesn't mean I'm over it because that habit is still ingrained in you, even if you have pushed it to the side. So you, it's constantly a battle, but this book definitely helped me understand that.
And then finally, here are some podcasts that I listen to that all address mindset in some different ways. Um, I'm not really going to summarize these, but here they are. Happier with Gretchen Rubin by the same author I just mentioned before. Great podcast. Talks about healthier, happier life. Food Heaven. It doesn't just talk about food. It's called Food Heaven, but it talks about literally everything. Like I think I've seen like activism episodes. I've seen episodes on becoming a better person. Then you do have the food episodes, but there's just a lot on there. And there's Balanced Black Girl. You can listen to this if you're not a black girl, but I know it's geared towards black girls. Same with Therapy for Black Girls. That's also another good podcast where it covers like topics from everything. They interview a bunch of black women therapists, some black men. But again, geared towards black women, but other people can benefit. And then finally, We Only Look Thin, which is the first podcast I listened to. And this podcast has definitely kept me, kept me going. Um, it's by this couple who lost a lot of weight and they talk about like ways to lose weight, but then also mindset changes you need to address and how to maintain that and just have a better life. So it's way more than a weight loss podcast and I can highly recommend it to anybody. I still need to reach out to them, but one day, one day I will. So that concludes the information portion of this episode. I hope you learned something about self-love and self-discovery. If you need any help for any reason, you just have more questions, you feel like letting me know that you really enjoyed this talk, then please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I really like receiving emails and messages or any sort of communication that you enjoy these things. So my email is piggotjasmine at gmail.com. And then you can find me as Jazzy Pigot or Jasmine Pigot on most social media platforms that will be covered in the outro. So I'm going to move on to Roses, Buds, and Thorns. Now, Roses, Buds, and Thorns is a segment that I do to cultivate a level of authenticity because I'm not perfect. I just went through this whole episode about how I'm not perfect. So... Here are things that have happened in my week. A thorn is something bad that happened. A bud is something you're looking forward to. And a rose is something that went great. So I always start with the thorn because I want to end on a happy note. So my thorn this week. Um, I'm not getting too much into it, but miscommunication has been a huge issue in the last week and it's resulted in a lot and a lot of these things could have been dealt with if there was no miscommunication if somebody had just reached out sooner or something like it, there was no reason for things to go the way they did and it sparked my anxiety to a level that I thought that I had overcome like it was a level of like self-hatred, like I did this thing and this person is thinking this about me because I did this thing and oh my gosh, everything's falling apart and nothing's going great and why am I like this? So it made me realize that yeah, I still have some work to do with self-love and self-discovery because yeah, I think I'm I'm okay, but at the same time, if I could go into 
a whole thing about berating myself because of a miscommunication, then I, I still have some work I need to do. So that's my board. My bud, in order to distract myself from my depression, I'm celebrating on Friday with some friends. So I'm excited because I don't really have many friends in Baltimore, but I think I have more than I think I have. So I'm having a few people over, um, probably going to get a cake and then play cards against humanity or something, but it's going to be a good time. I'm very excited for that. And then it'll let me strengthen these friendships that I have, which will be great. And finally, my rose is that I was able to get this episode together with the week I had. Yeah, I had a horrible week, but look at me doing this at 6 a.m., you know? <laughs> so <clears throat> I am very proud of myself for coming together with this episode at the last minute. Um, I mean, that's how I usually do these episodes. But this one in particular, just because I was in a very, very bad state. And I didn't think I'd be able to do this, but here I am doing it. And then this episode also marks that I have done more episodes as a solo host than I did with the co-host, which is something I didn't think I would do because I was just really nervous about talking by myself and figuring out logistics all by myself. But here I am, you know, I, I figured out myself enough to realize that this is something I'm definitely capable of and it's successful so far. And I hope you all enjoy it. So yeah, that was my week in Roses, Buds, and Thorns. So again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us, um, or me. It really helps me and makes me feel good and it helps other people find the show. Please tell your friends and family. I realized if one of my 20 listeners, if every one of my 20 listeners told a friend or a family member to watch it, then suddenly you're going to have 40 listeners and they do the same thing and it's 80 and it's just going to grow exponentially. So please, 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 please just tell people about this podcast because I would like it to grow because it has a lot of potential. I would like to keep it up. So again, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week on my special episode number 20 about growth mindset. Maybe it's a two part, maybe it's a one part. We'll see. Depends on how much I talk. But yeah, have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at the Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram. And at my website, jasminepiggit.com. I'll see you next Thursday.